بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وسلم على أشرف خلق الله سيدنا وحبيبنا وقرة عيننا محمد بن عبد الله صلوات الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين My dear brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I welcome you all to another episode of my podcast Wishing you all an amazing Ramadan so far uh, My apologies of not having this on a daily basis as, I, as it was my intention However Due to personal circumstances and uh, was taken slightly poorly, but alhamdulillah, all has been well. Um, for today, I really wanted to go back to my actual plan on how we can make the best and the most out of this blessed month of Ramadan. Firstly, we spoke about the different rewards um, and the different benefits that we as Muslims can benefit from the blessed month of Ramadan. So we spoke about the different aspects in terms of the increasing the reward, um, being having a forever amnesty from hellfire, having your du'as answered, etc. Then on the second episode, I kind of elaborated about one method that the Sahabas used to do in order to have whatever they wanted fulfilled in Ramadan by making a du'a, a certain set of du'a, and they would ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that du'a constantly. For today's episode, inshallah ta'ala, I'd like to go and talk about um, Jannah. Why Jannah? Why talk about Jannah today? I just wanted to remind myself and you all, my dear listeners, um, what is this all about? Why are we fasting? Why are we praying? Why do we seek this mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much? And it purely comes down to us seeking the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wanting to enter eternal bliss, eternal happiness, eternal life in Jannah, as promised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is this Jannah? We often have very uh, weird and wonderful explanations for Jannah, but what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us about it in the Quran and in the Sunnah through the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? What should we know? How can we kind of envision, although it's very hard, it's very difficult for us to envision it. But before I go into the description, before I go into reminding yourself and myself what Jannah could be like, I want you all to remember that whatever I say is limited to my own human imagination and limited to my experiences in life of what is beautiful. Number one. Number two, I'm just going to give you a quick example um, so that I can just put this all into perspective for yourself. Um, if you were approached by a child, if you were approached by a child and this child said, I have got a huge amount of money, I've got a lot of money, and you come down to see what does this little one have? You'll see that he's got a few pennies, a few coppers here and there, at best, maybe a pound or two, maybe that's a lot of money for him. Maybe, let's just push it, maybe a hundred pounds is a lot of money for him. But then when you compare that to another, like, for instance, a banker, a banker would say, or investment banker would say, I've got a lot of money, and he'd be talking about in the millions. Then you could come and cry across, and you see one of those billionaires, and the billionaire would go and say, um, here's a lot of money. So you can think about this guy or lady, when they're speaking about a lot of money, in their context, a lot of money could be talking about the millions and millions and, and, and tens of millions of pounds or dollars, whatever it is. And if you were to talk to a royal family somewhere in the Middle East or anywhere else, and when they talk about a lot of money, you're talking about the hundreds of millions plus. Now, what do I want to lead, uh, lead you to from this example is, Imagine when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to you, I have prepared in Jannah what no eyes has seen, 
and no no brain has ever imagined and no ears have ever listened to anything about or anything alluding to or anything equivalent to what is in Jannah. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you something beyond recognition, beyond imagination, beyond thought is being prepared by Allah Almighty Himself, you can imagine that whatever you're going to hear and learn in this podcast and outside and whatever you can imagine will be nothing like what we will experience in Jannah insha'Allah ta'ala. Furthermore, we are told that the only thing common between Jannah and the dunya are the names of things. So we've got apples, there are apples in Jannah. We've got rivers, there's rivers in Jannah. We've got trees, there's trees in Jannah. It's the same name, however, the descriptions are different. So let's, let me take you all there quickly. Um, imagine the day you've been resurrected. That day, everybody's scared. You don't know what's happening to you. A fearful people all around the world, just people just crowded and piled into one big place. And you don't know, there's screamings, there's shouts, there's people, there's worried faces. People who knew that this is happening, those are the believers. People who could not believe that they had just been brought back to life after death. And shouting and, and screams and fear and, and yourself, you don't know what's happening. And then you come across and the judgment happens. And then you got the opportunity to go across the Sirat on that little line above Jahannam. And then there's the Prophet ﷺ waiting for you at the other end, making dua for you to succeed and pass that line. And then you go and you start your journey. And depending on how good you have been, depending on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how close you have been to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will pass by that Sirat. The speed of your crossing that Sirat Mustaqim will be equivalent to how good you have been. And then you have reached the end of it by the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there you are, a group of believers, just standing before the gates of Jannah. Huge, huge gates. I want you to just, even just close your eyes and imagine, if it's safe for you to do so. Close your eyes and imagine that you're just stood there in front of this huge, huge gate. Do not think pearly gates. Pearly gates is just what we hear in the media about Jannah. We do not know what the description of the gates of Jannah is. All we know is beyond imagination. You're standing there and the doors are just still closed and there's groups and groups of believers that are just waiting to go in there. And then, before you knew it, you see one person just crossing the crowd. And that is our beloved Prophet Muhammad Prophet Muhammad goes and then holds on to one of the rings of the gates. And then he will knock on that gate. And then inside you will hear the noise of an angel going, who knocks on the doors? And then the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu say, it is I, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the messenger of Allah. And then you'll hear the reply from the angel on the other side saying, I have been ordered and commanded not to open the door until you have knocked on the door. And so he will open the door and then you will hear, smell the scents of, and the fragrances of Jannah. It will be so crowded. And then those who are privileged are the ones who have, for instance, um, sponsored an orphan. Prophet said, So he put both fingers and he said that me and whoever sponsors an orphan will enter Jannah at the same time together. So imagine one day you've donated or you've actually sponsored an orphan, you've actually taken an orphan and looked after them. You'll be stood there and then all of a sudden you realize that you've been brought forward to enter Jannah with the Prophet Muhammad. Or, or you will enter Jannah because one day you have demonstrated uttermost amazing character of Islam, the proper mannerism of Islam, and then you will enter. And before that you see that amongst the crowds, you, for the first time in your, ever li in your 
life you'll see Abu Bakr Siddiq you'll see Umar ibn al-Khattab down there you'll see Ali ibn Abi Talib you'll see Uthman ibn Affan you'll see Al-Hasan you'll see Al-Hussein you will see Fatima you will see the greatest of greatest people who have stood and by the Prophet Muhammad you will see the great Sahabas who have supported the, the, the message of Islam you will see those people who after the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contributed towards you being Muslim contributed towards you entering Jannah at that time and then you will enter Jannah and imagine the first thing you will be served as a delicacy um, it's uh, the whale's liver if I'm not mistaken that's the first dish you'll have in Jannah forget what you think what a whale's liver tastes like in this dunya because I re as I recall there's nothing like wait in Jannah there's nothing in the Jannah that you can ever imagine with your limited experiences in this dunya that's one of the greatest things and then imagine you're just walking there and then there's the angels just greeting you and guess what you will go in there and you will go straight turn right then left up and forward without anybody telling you because you will know where your palace is you would have been guided already by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you will go enter in there what do you think the first thing you will do you will go and look for your loved ones wouldn't you you didn't You've, you've, just the fact that you've entered Jannah will make you forget all the stresses that all the stresses that you have been just to reach that level. All of this because you have fasted Ramadan, Iman and Wahdi Saba. All of this because when you came to pray, you prayed sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not for the sake of pleasing your parents, your loved ones or anybody around you, your neighbours, your friends, your teacher, whoever it is. You went in there in the sujood to prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not because somebody else is looking at you. You gave from your money zakat and sadaqah because you knew that there is, a, there is a jannah waiting for you. You have persevered in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have gone and educated yourself and helped people with your education for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a small price once you think of what awaits you. It is quite stressful and long-winded doing all forms of worships when everybody else is doing the opposite. But this is Islam. We have been told by the Prophet Muhammad that Islam will be a strange religion. We are fought right, left and centre by right wings, atheists, um, people of different faith. They're just attacking Islam. Is it jealousy? I don't know. Is it... I don't know. I can't even explain it. All I can say is that Shaitan has been has really recruited his soldiers from different faith and different backgrounds to attack religion, making Islam a weird religion, making you praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala weird. You praying to one creator, one God is weird. When others are praying to multiples of gods and multiples of faith and making up beliefs as they go along is acceptable. But you remember that you are doing all of this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that minute when you are fasting and you're feeling tired, Remember, I have got Jannah waiting for me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never waste an effort that I have committed, uh, that I have done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, when I come to do my suhoor, and I make that niyyah that I will be fasting this day, make sure that that niyyah stems straight from the bottom of your heart, saying, Oh Allah, this day is for you, and I will fast for the sake of pleasing you, Oh Allah. I seek your mercy, I seek your forgiveness, I seek your Jannah. And remember, 
the blissful life of Jannah does not start only in Jannah. It actually starts from the minute you are entered into your grave. In fact, I, I stand corrected. If you are in the right path, not only will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make your, your eternal life in the Akhirah blissful by being in the Jannah, your time period in the Barzakh, as in, in your grave, will be a blissful one, i.e. you will have the gates and a window to your place in Jannah open so you can enjoy that in your grave for that moment until the Qiyamah. But in fact, your entire life will be blissful because you're living the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to live it. You are following the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded you to it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for you working hard, for doing hard, and you will make you feel a type of happiness that no soul on this earth has felt. Except those who are leading a life that com that is in accordance with the, to the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. If I would like to take you back to, to the Jannah, you'll be there in the Jannah and enjoying your new youth, enjoying your place and you will hear a noise that calls upon us all and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us all upon those who are occupiers of Jannah and you'll hear this name, your new title, your new title will be in Jannah, O occupier of Jannah, Ya Ahl al-Jannah, O people of Jannah, O family of Jannah. Ah, oh, Rabb, oh Allah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to bring that day where we all hear this and we can reminisce, probably on this podcast, inshaAllah ta'ala, who knows, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you will hear this noise, where you will hear the sounds, where you are told, oh people of Jannah, you are promised four things. You are promised that you shall live eternally and no, with no sicknesses. Never will, will any harm or disease or injury or sickness will fall upon you in the Jannah. You will never age. You will live forever in Jannah and will not age. Your age will be roughly around the age of 33. That is your prime age. That is your prime time, your peak. You will live forever. This is the third thing. You'll be promised uh, no sickness, no aging, an eternal life. And lastly, you're promised a blissful and a joyful life in this Jannah where you shall never experience sadness, sorrow, hatred, jealousy, envy, or any of those bad traits. Never. These are the four things you've been promised. And then there will be another noise that will call upon us all to witness and look outside. We will all look outside of the Jannah. And all the people and occupiers of hell will be looking at the same like area. And the angels will bring, about, will bring by a sheep. And then they will slaughter this sheep. We as the occupiers of Jannah will truly realize where we are and what has just happened. The sheep is a manifestation of death. And by sacrificing this sheep, i.e. death will never ever happen now. So we occupiers of Jannah will be forever happy. And the occupiers of Hellfire will be, will sink into further sadness. Amongst another scenario that could happen is that you're walking by in Jannah and then our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu himself will hold your hand and take you to your Jannah, will take you to your palace in Jannah. He will go and lead you to it and before you know it and you realize that not only that you're in the Jannah as an occupier of it but also that your neighbor is the beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu truly because as a reward for all the hard work that you have done in Jannah. 
how grateful, how what's a great reward that could be for us. Um, <clears throat> you're looking to the palace. I I'm trying to keep this as short as possible, but just to briefly describe what your palace may look like, um, using terms, using words and definitions that we are used to in this dunya, but naturally what will it be in general will be totally different, totally beyond our imagination. But as far as we know, that one brick will be made of gold and another brick will be made of silver, and, and they'll alternate throughout, so your entire palace is made of gold and silver. The cement used, what will bind the, the, two, the gold with the silver, will be musk. Musk is a form of perfume here. It's the most expensive type of perfume. It's not the rubbish that you smell, white musk, black musk from like high street retail shops because that's nothing. That's purely refined and uh, it's just commercially available and it's full of chemicals. It sometimes smells, it kind of smells almost like a, a hint of what musk truly does smell like. But you're talking about the musk of gender. So that's the cement. And then you know, the Prophet described to us that the floor, that the sand of Jannah made is just constitutes of pure pearls. So you just take a handful of pearls in your hand, and that's just the pure pearls from Jannah. And Prophet also described that the ceiling of your house is, is actually the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the throne of Allah Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you were to go out and you were to walk your, your sneeze, your sweat is actually just a way of um, releasing the remains of your food. So there's no, pardon me for using it, but there's no toilet in Jannah. So the only way to excrete, excrete uh, remains of your food is through sweating and sneezing. And it will come out as like musk. And again, this is just pure musk of Jannah. In Jannah, you will be forever in constant state of tasbih and the mention and the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will forever be saying, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, Allah Akbar, SubhanAllah, MashaAllah. Not out of form of worship, not the type of worship that we do in this dunya. In the dunya, this is a form of worship. But in the akhirah, in Jannah, this tasbih and SubhanAllah is, is something uncontrollable, it is unconscious. Because of the sights and the scenes and, and the nature and where you are in Jannah, will be forever changing and so out of amazement, out of excitement, you will be forever going SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, SubhanAllah, MashaAllah, MashaAllah, SubhanAllah, just seeing different things happening, you'll be experiencing things that you never thought imaginable would is Jannah after all. Prophet Muhammad also described that the lowest level, the lowest degree of Jannah, we all know the story about the person who's taken out of hellfire and, uh, and then he goes from one tree to another until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes him to Jannah. This is the short, the story in, in very condensed version. But this person who's the last person to leave Jahannam or hellfire and enter Jannah, his own estate in Jannah will take him 1,000 years to walk and not even finish walking in his own property. So when the Sahabas heard this, they asked the Messenger of Allah SWT, so if the lowest person in Jannah's estate or his property in Jannah will take him a thousand days, a thousand, sorry, apologies, a thousand years to go to walk in it, what's, what's it like for the person who's the highest rank, who's the opposite of this person? The highest rank individual who will enter Jannah will be the person who as a reward for all the hard work and as a reward for his status will, will see Allah Almighty twice a day. And days, there's no such thing as days in the sense that 24 hours that we have. A day in Jannah is only recognized by the angels drawing down the curtains and pulling them back up, indicating a different 
time, a different day per se. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ فِيهَا In the Jannah they have whatever they desire, whatever their heart is content on, they will attain it, whatever you wish. A person will be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, want, he or she wants a child and within a day, within a moment, the, per, the lady will be pregnant and will give birth and the child will be in his thirties by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person would want to, a farmer in the dunya, he'd like to farm a land, he'd like to cultivate a land, and so within a moment, within a fraction of a, a moment, he will go and put the seed, and the seed will grow by the sake, by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will grow into fully yielding crops. As a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and nothing is beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially in the Jannah. And nothing is beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do you think you'd want? Would you want to be in driving a plane, or sorry, would you want to be flying, rather, flying a plane around? Would you like to go and try different experiences? How about a tour around Jannah? If you're on a state, will ta if, if the lowest person's estate will take him a thousand years to walk about, walk in his own. Imagine a tour around Jannah, how long will that take you? That will take you forever and a bit. But what would be a beautiful thing is, what would I really desire? Wouldn't I want to have the Prophet Muhammad come to visit me? Wouldn't I want to have the Sahabas with one Allah come over and we can sit down and just reminisce on, oh, reminisce, uh, we can just sit down and get them to tell us about their life, their story, their history, what happened on the Battle of Badr, and meet the Sahabas, meet the, meet the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meet Adam السلام, meet Ibrahim, Musa السلام, uh, is uh, Yahya alayhi salam, Ishaq alayhi salam, Ya'qub alayhi salam, uh, Isa alayhi salam, and all the other thousands of messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Get them to tell us their story. We invite them over, or we go over to them. We'll see our mothers, the, the wives of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. See what truly happened in history that will correct a lot of our misconception and a lot of our biases that we are learned and exposed to in this dunya. These are th certain things. And then when you go back to In the Jannah they have whatever they desire, whatever their heart contends. You'll be in forever different experiences. Our experiences in the dunya. So like a question will be, wouldn't you get bored of all of this thing eventually if it's forever and you'll be exposed to the same things? Well, the thing is you will never be experienced. You will never experience the same thing more than once. There will be experiences upon experiences that are beyond your imagination. In the dunya, the experiences and the joyful moments are very limited to moments of love, moments of achievement, moments of success, uh, moments of, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, some success of some form. These are the joyful moments that happen to you. Experiences such as uh, seeing different natural places, traveling places, um, experiencing speed, whatever it is that you are into. Your experiences in the dunya are very limited to the imaginations of human beings. The last, most bizarre experience, and the one that is just out of the box, is the experience of going to space, which is going to be available to non-astronauts. That's, that's just like still within human being imaginations, but imagine in, in Jannah, where the experiences are limitless and endless, and so joyful that you, can, you can't even imagine. But one thing we are told 
of the most amazing experience you will have in Jannah and that is to see Allah Almighty directly in the same way that you see a moon on the night of the 5th, 4th, 14th or 15th of an, uh, an Islamic calendar. Imagine how you can see that full moon. This is how you'll be able to see the Prophet Muhammad. This is how you'll be able to see Allah Almighty. In Jannah there, is a there are markets. Some markets, of uh, there'll be an experience market where you'll just go and you'll see pictures. So the Prophet ﷺ described this market where you and your wife or your husband or your loved ones will be walking in this market and then you will see pictures of different series, nature, people, where, wherever it is and you will enter this and you will go and experience it. It's like you'll see a destination and you'll go with your wife or husband and on a little mini honeymoon or mini cruise trip in Jannah, whatever it is. And there'll be another market where you will go not particularly to buy anything, you'll be just there where you'll be exposed to a certain like a scent or a fragrance or a form of a gush of wind and this wind will change you and make you even more handsome or more prettier than you were before you entered the market. So when you go back home to your palace you will see your wife and your wife has in, has, your wife's beauty has even developed and become even better and likewise for yourself. So there will be huge experiences and a lot of things that will change and happen to you. Allah subhanahu wa says, Inna ashab al-jannati fi shughlin fatihun. They will be forever busy. The people of Jannah, the Ahl al-Jannah, the occupiers of Jannah, and ask Allah subhanahu wa to help, to help us be part of this. Ashab al-Jannah fi shughlin fatihun. You are forever busy. You're busy. You don't have time to sit there and contemplate or waste time about anything else. And one of the weird things, and one of the things where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you see Allah Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala will want to please you. So he will ask you, Oh my slave, are you satisfied? I am satisfied with you, but are you satisfied here? What would you like? Just ask whatever you want and I shall grant it for you. SubhanAllah. Allah Almighty asking you, what do you like? Not that he doesn't know, but he does know, but he's asking you, what would you like? What would your heart desire? My dear brothers and sisters, this Jannah, the talk of Jannah, obviously naturally is a talk that we could take hours and days. Um, that's just sourcing it from the Quran and Sunnah. Never mind what the other ulama have ex have gone indulged into, um, not uh, not allowing our imaginations to go wild because whatever we imagine will be nothing compared to what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has prepared for us in Jannah. But the whole point of today and the whole point that I want myself to be reminded and you for you my brother and sister is when you're fasting think that you're doing it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to attain his mercy and by attaining his mercy you will attain his forgiveness and you will inshallah ta'ala enter Jannah now you know what Jannah is or you've reminded yourself of what Jannah is so there is a tangible goal Jannah is not man-made Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I have made I have prepared for my slaves in Jannah so this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Almighty doing it by himself he's made the Jannah for us so feel privileged when you prostrate into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today feel privileged when you're breaking the fast that you have done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feel privileged when you have been given the opportunity to help others financially mentally, physically, or, or even by time. Feel privileged because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is throwing at you opportunities so that you can, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, attain His mercy. And when you attain His mercy, you will attain your Jannah. These opportunities do not come often. 
you've got your daily opportunities of prayers and du'as, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put you and granted you so far Ram 15 days of Ramadan 2015. And only Allah knows will He grant us even more or no. But the main question is, are we going to take advantage of it? Are we going to seek this forgiveness and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Every single day, Ramadan is mercy, forgiveness, and, and amnesty and a protection from hellfire. Are you seeking this from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from hellfire? In fact, if you were to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah three times, Jannah will be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make you amongst his occupiers. And if you seek refuge from hellfire three times, Jahannam itself will be saying, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not put you into it. And so make it your dua that you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you Jannah and to ease every single path that could lead you to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and consequently attain Jannah. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to seek refuge and then like seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from every path that could lead you to hellfire. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins and to make this Ramadan the best Ramadan so far. Don't forget your daily du'as and hopefully you've, you've not got bored of it by now. Just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from my experience and by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I still, am, I, I still am shocked. I am already seeing signs of my du'as being accepted and I'm a nobody I'm in no way any better than any of you my dear listeners and I'm already seeing things things that I've been exposed to recently that is just mind-blowing I just cannot imagine that all these signs and all these little things that I've been exposed to just facilitating me to take action to achieve what I have been asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for so now it's just down to me to continue to do my part and I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant me what I have asked him provided I do my part and I hope that you are experiencing the same thing if not keep constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you feel you have kind of burnt out and you've wasted a lot of energy don't burn out don't give up there's still time in Ramadan Ramadan this year could potentially be 29 according to um, some sites so you've got less time than you imagine take advantage ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every sajda, every record, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever your heart desires and by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah by next Ramadan you'll have everything fulfilled um, apologies for taking too much of your time and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you all wherever you are and to have an amazing Ramadan wishing you all all the best Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh